The message you're about to listen to is by Reverend Dr. Femi Olaleye of Oikea Christian Centre. Remain blessed as you listen. Glory to God. And our Father, we thank you. We give you praise. We honor you. Oh, thank you, Lord Jesus. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Thank you, Lord Jesus. We give you praise, Father. In Jesus' name, and everybody said, Amen. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. All righty. Okay, you're welcome to our virtual midweek service. Thank you for joining us, those of you online, and to the small audience we have in the hall. Uh, we thank God for you, and we thank God always for you, um, um, you know, partnering with us and, you know, feeding off the Word of God that we have here. We thank God for opening your eyes to see, all right, and opening your ears to hear, and we are grateful for the Lord that we have you all right, um, um, with us. Uh, just a, uh, some few announcements while we are on here sharing the Word of God. I want to encourage you to share the links to bring everybody as much as possible into the service. Um, all our pastors, um, campus pastors, this lets us ensure um, that um, we have um, everybody joining via Mixer and via YouTube. Praise the Lord. Now, today we're going to be looking at, um, praise God, we're going to be looking at the teaching. You know, last week we talked about shining in your career, shining in, you know, business and things like that. But today we're going to be looking at faith for finances, you know, along that line, all right, faith for finances, okay? And we're going to examine it, you know, to an extent and continue as we go on. Glory to God. Glory to God. Now, look at Deuteronomy chapter 8 and verse 18. Deuteronomy chapter number 8 and verse 18. Now, that scripture is interesting, you know, and it's interesting. I think we read it last week. All right, let's just read it again. It says, quickly, can we turn in there? Hallelujah. Maybe I should just use my own Bible here. Are you there? Can we read one to go? Is this what? Uh huh. It says, But thou shalt remember the Lord thy God. It is he that giveth thee what? Power to get wealth, that he may establish his covenant which he swear unto thy fathers as it is this day. Now, we've said severally that Jesus Christ did not die for you to have money. That's not why he died. All right. That's not why he died. But we've also seen from Scripture that there are several testimonies in Scriptures where God made men prosper materially. Praise God. I said, praise the Lord. All right, where we saw that God, there was a supernatural element in their prosperity. We see here, he says, but thou shalt remember the Lord thy God. He said, you must remember him. For it is he that giveth thee power. All right, to get well. That word power there in the Hebrew speaks of might. Hallelujah. It speaks of might. It speaks of ability. It speaks of capacity. It says it is he that giveth the power. So it is he. It is he. The power comes from him. 
It is he that giveth the power to get wealth, that he may establish his covenant, which he swear unto thy fathers as it this day. Okay? All right? He says, and it shall be, if thou do all, um, do at all forget the Lord thy God, and walk after other gods, and serve them, and worship them, and testify against you this day, that ye shall surely perish. So what is this showing us? He's showing us, he says, listen, when you get into the promised land, all right, and things begin to go well, do not forget and begin to ascribe to your own intelligence and to your own wisdom that it was by my hand I made myself prosperous. He said, no, you will remember the Lord thy God, for it is he that gives what? The power to what? To get well. If you remember the parable Jesus told of the rich fool. How many of you remember the parable of the rich fool? Where the Bible tells us about a man who had increase in his business. And all of a sudden, now began to, you know, talk about his plans and all, and did not acknowledge the Lord. Okay? He did not acknowledge, his sin was that he didn't acknowledge that these things came from the Lord. Let me tell you something. There is one dimension of saying that the blood of Jesus was not shed, all right, for material things, which is correct. It's true. The atonement, the reason for the atonement was not material things. Praise the Lord. But it does not change the fact that God is the owner of all material things because he created it. Amen. The heavens and the earth are the works of God's hand. Amen. I said amen. The heavens and the earth are the works of God's hands. He created every single thing. Okay, so it means that the sin and the fall of man did not affect what God created in that what God created existed in the earth. Hallelujah. Men got rich, all right, even after Adam fell. Hallelujah. Men got prosperous, even after Adam fell. God blessed men, even after Adam fell. But he blessed them what? In the material. He couldn't give them the one blessing he wanted to give them because Adam had rejected it via what? Unbelief. What was that one blessing he wanted to give them? It was what? Eternal life. Righteousness by faith. Justification. But everything else he gave them. In the Old Testament, God healed people. In the Old Testament, God made men rich. Praise God. I said, praise God. All right? In the Old Testament, he did all of that. But there was one thing he wanted man to have that they couldn't have except they accepted and believed in Jesus. And that was what? They had um, righteousness, all right, in, uh, uh, by faith in Christ Jesus. They couldn't have that. They couldn't have the indwelling of the Spirit. They couldn't have fellowship with the Father. Praise God. So we can see in that God prospered Abraham, God prospered Isaac, God prospered Jacob. In fact, if you study in Scripture, you find out that, uh, what is his name now? Jacob was in a tight fix with his father-in-law, Laban. Laban had changed his wages, all right, seven times. And Jacob was like, and I have to break free from this yoke. I have to break free, break free from this slavery because this is slavery. My father-in-law has enslaved me because I love these two daughters. Not he didn't love the two daughters. He loved Rachel, and he served for Rachel. How many years? How many years? It was seven years he served, wanted to serve, but they said if you are going to get the other one, you have to do double double. So he served for Rachel for fourteen years and got what is Leah as a bonus package. Glory to God! I said, glory to God. All right? And he was in slavery there. Then one day he prayed, you know, and God directed him that he should go away, all right, from Laban and go back to his father's place, to the promised land, to Canaan, all right? And uh, God now gave him an innovation, an idea of how to leave Laban richer than he came. It was God who did that. Praise God. I said it was God who did that. I said it was God who did that. Yeah, God did it. He prospered men materially. 
All right, praise God. So, all right, but he prospered men materially outside of the redemptive work of Christ, showing you, all right, that the redemptive work of Christ was not for material prosperity. The redemptive work of Christ was for what God could not give men, all right, without the death, burial, and resurrection of Jesus Christ. What God could not give men without them accepting what Jesus Christ has done, which is what eternal life. We must not confuse things because the mistake many who have gone to that extreme who say redemption was not about material increase, material prosperity. The mistake they've made is that they have entered into another error where they now begin to say you don't need to pray to God for material things. Are you following? That's an error. Glory to God. I said that's an error. Look at St. Mark's Gospel chapter number 11. Because if God does not care about my material needs, then there is something wrong with calling him father. Because if he is father, it means that he acknowledges and is aware that I have needs. Are you following what I'm saying here? I have needs, all right, and it is his responsibility to meet them. Because that's what father means. Father is someone who takes responsibility for the needs of his children. Praise the Lord. I said, praise the Lord. Now look at St. Mark's Gospel chapter 11. He says, let's start from verse 22. He says, And Jesus answering, said unto them, Have faith in God. For verily I say unto you, that whosoever shall say unto this mountain, Be thou removed, and be thou cast into the sea, and shall not doubt in his heart, and shall believe that those things which he saith shall come to pass, he shall have what? Whatsoever what he saith. Now look at verse 24. The application of the law of faith in prayer. He says, Therefore I say unto you, what things? Everybody say things. Everybody say things. He says, what things? Soever ye desire, when ye pray, believe that ye receive them, and ye shall what? Have them. Things. Things. Do the things inc include or involve spiritual things? Yes. Do the things inc involve material things? Yes. Glory to God. I said, glory to God. All right? Yes. Isaac was married to Rebekah. For a while, they didn't have a child. Isaac went up praying. Hallelujah. All right? And God answered. Abraham was looking for a child. God promised him a child. After a while, when there was no child, Abraham went to God and asked for the child. All right? He prayed. He asked. A child is not a spiritual concept. A child is a what? Is a physical concept. Glory, a physical being. He asked. Jabez was in his father's house and he was in poverty. And Jabez prayed that, O oh Lord, that thou will what? Enlarge my what? Territory. And God answered. And what? Gave him the enlargement he asked for. Do not be afraid to ask God for things. Glory to God. Do not be afraid to ask God for things. Do not be scared of asking God for things. He said, what things soever? What things soever? What things soever? What things soever ye desire? When ye pray, believe that ye receive them, and ye shall have them. Hallelujah. God is delighted when you come to him and ask for things. Did you hear what I said? Did you hear what I said? I said, God is delighted when you come to him and ask for things. Because asking God for something 
demonstrates your faith in his ability, glory to God, and in his willingness, okay, to meet your needs. Uh, some folks say, oh no, I only ask for spiritual things. I don't ask for material things. Stupid you. <laughs> stupid you. That doesn't make you spiritual. That makes you stupid. Amen. Because whether you pray for those things or not, you need those things. Glory to God. Oh, you got a rent coming in and you don't have money to pay for it. You say, no, you're not going to pray for it. You're going to be praying for, for spiritual things only. Pray for spiritual things. doesn't mean you can, you can pray for the, for, 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 the, for the rent. Ask your father. Oh, you're living in that house that is rat infested and you're just there. You know, I don't pray for accommodation. Those are not kind of stuff. I'm just going to stay here. I don't think God bothers us those kind of physical stuff, you know. Uh-oh, stupid you. Glory to God. He said, what things soever, what things soever, what things soever you desire, what you don't ask God for in prayer, all right, it means it's not an issue to you. And if it's not an issue to you, the Father, the Son, and the Holy Ghost are pleased to dwell inside you in whatever mess you have permitted to remain. Glory to God. They love you anyway, irrespective, all right, of your situation. But if you now get tired of that situation and you want to, then you open your mouth and whatsoever things ye desire, when ye believe in, ye shall what? Have them. Glory to God. Say aloud, I have, I have what I desire when I pray. Say it again, I have what I desire when I pray. Yeah. You have a desire for a good husband. Go to God and ask him for one. You have a desire for a better home. Go to God and ask God for one. If everything within about your life can be logically explained, you don't know God. Did you hear what I said? If everything in your life can be logically explained, then you don't really know God. There is no supernatural in your life. The supernatural is the unexplainable part of a man's lifting. So, when you see a man, all right, that is experiencing supernatural, there will be a part he can explain. That, oh, okay, I did this, I did this. Praise God. But the truth about it is that if we examine it, there are other people that did those same things do too. But you see, where the supernatural comes in is that you cannot explain what happened after. Glory to God. I said glory to God. Say whatsoever you desire when you pray. Glory to God. So God wants you to prosper. Look at 1 John chapter 3. Is that the 1 John? No. 3 John chapter 1 and verse 2. Very wonderful, wonderful scripture in that um, Apostle John was writing, all right, to one of the churches, one of the pastors of the churches. He says, Beloved, I wish above all things that thou mayest what? Prosper and be where? In health, even as thy what? So does what? Prosper. Now, I've heard some people say, oh, you see, he's just greeting them. It's just a greeting. You know, it was just greeting them, like saying, how about you? Make, you understand? Make, you understand? Come on, man. This is very detailed. He said, beloved, I wish above all things that thou mayest prosper. That thou mayest prosper. All right? And beware. 
in health. So it says that thou mayest prosper, number one, and be what? In health, even as thy soul prospers. Someone came and said, oh, he's talking about prospering in sound doctrine. Oh, wow. That's, and that's interesting. I love you, bro. Wow. Just anything to take it away from people to say that God is good in material supply. Be careful who you listen to. I hear what I'm saying. I hear what I'm saying. Be careful who you listen to. You see, who you listen to will determine your level of faith. And your level of faith will determine your manifestations and experiences. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. Listen to someone that feeds your faith. Not kills it. There are some folks in a bid to try to be saying, oh, they know the Bible more than Paul the Apostle. What they've done is that they've, you know, I, I mean, there was a time, you know, some folks would not come healing. Oh, by the time they are true with you concerning healing, you will begin to question whether healing is part of what you should expect in Christ Jesus. By the time I'm done with you. When you are sick, you will call for the medicine. Amen. Rather than stand and say, in the name of the Lord Jesus, but because, you understand what I'm talking about? By virtue of what Jesus, you understand? Yeah. Be careful. Because find out that you will be so knowledgeable. So true knowledge helps you receive and enjoy more of what is available in Christ. Not that it will now rob you of what is available in Christ. Glory to God. Glory to God. All right. True knowledge liberates you into more of the manifestation. Not hinders you and puts you and boxes you into less of the manifestation. Glory to God. I said glory to God. He said, beloved, I wish above all things that thou mayest prosper and be in health. Even as thy soul prosper. So he says, all right, I want you to prosper and be in health. All right, even as your soul prospers. So it's balanced prosperity. All right, not prosperity in one side, but prosperity in your soul, prosperity in your spirit, prosperity in your body. Amen. All right, beloved, I wish above all things that thou mayest prosper and be in health, even as thy soul prosper. So if my soul prospers, all right, my body, my body prospers, hallelujah. I'm in health, hallelujah, all right. I'm okay, all right. My needs are met. God is pleased. God is pleased. Now, is God displeased when I don't have abundance? No, he's not. Because he loves me either way. Praise God. Are you following what I'm saying? He loves me either way, but he wants me to have what I need to fulfill the mandate. So now, I want to now show you something. Reasons why you should prosper. Six reasons why you should prosper. Six reasons why you should prosper. Number one. The first reason why God wants you to prosper is to ensure that you are self-sufficient. Self-sufficiency. Inasmuch as believers must walk in love towards each other and help those who are not as fortunate as they are, the Christian man, the Christian woman, is, must be self-sufficient. Needing no aid or support to stand. Amen? Look at the vision, chapter 4, verse 28. Self-sufficiency. Prosperity is not 
When you're talking about prosperity, material prosperity, it's not having billions in your account or all that. What prosperity is from a biblical perspective is to have enough such that you do not require aid or support from anybody. Are you follow what I'm saying? To have enough where such that you don't require aid or support from anybody. Imagine if a guy is dating a girl and both of them are prosperous. You know that that love will be sweet. Praise God. But the one where they are dating and the woman is looking at the guy as a way out of poverty, you know there will be frictions there. Amen. Imagine a lady, she wants to date a guy and she says, I must have money. You call, which money do you have? Where's your own money? Did they say in your family, we should not have money? <laughs> Hallelujah. Or where is it written that women must not have money? They must be looking for man that have money. Praise God. You must change your mindset. To ensure you are self-sufficient. Ephesians chapter 4 verse 28, look at what it says. It says, let him that stole steal no more, but rather let him labor, walking with his hand. Are you seeing that? It says, let him labor, walking with his hands. Walking with his hands. The thing which is good. So he is to walk with his hand, the thing which is good. The number one way of financial increase with God is work. The number one way for more increase with God is more work. Number one way for increase with God is work. For more increase is more work. Don't come to a church. I know you're here. I mean, there are some folks I've seen them. The first, the first Sunday. They just enter a church. The very first Sunday. I know so they are talking of their needs. Eh, you see, my child. How are you? What kind of home training is that? You just came. We don't even know your second name. That's not Christian attitude. Glory to God. That's not good Christian attitude. He said, let him that stole steal no more. But rather, let him labor, walking with his hands. Now, I'm going to notice something. When he says walking with his hands, I'm going to see that that skill. That skill. So that means everybody in church should be skilled. In the early church, everybody in the church was skilled. They had something they were doing. Paul did not tolerate busybodies in church. I don't have the couple. I don't want to start going to because that's not in my sermon notes. But you will see eh, that there were certain guidelines Paul gave for people to be sustained in church. In writing to Timothy, he said, When you are talking about you want to give things to sustain widows, he gave quality. He said, If they are young, if they are young uh, women, don't give them any sustenance. Let them go and look for what to do. There were conditions. Hallelujah. Someone comes and says, no, in the early church, they had all things in common. That what happened was all of them sold their property. Praise God. They sold their property and they laid everything at the apostles' feet. Then the apostles came and now divided everything as every man had did. That only happened in the church in Jerusalem and it happened for a period of time. And this is the background. After the, on the day of Pentecost, the Pentecost, Pentecost was a Jewish feast. It was one of the three big feasts in the Jewish calendar. Praise God. You had Passover, all right, the Feast of Passover. You had the Feast of Tabernacles. Then you had the Feast of Pentecost. 
Glory to God. Feast of Tabernacles was also, also called the Feast of Booths. Okay? Where they would, you know, let us go. Pentecost. So what happened on the day of Pentecost was on the feast days, what happened was that all Jews, wherever they were, all right, in the world, will journey to Jerusalem. Okay? They will journey to Jerusalem. So they will leave. So those who are living in Asia will leave Asia and journey to Jerusalem. Those who are, you understand, they will all come. So they will leave their businesses and all the things they did. And they will come to Jerusalem for the Feast of Pentecost. Now in Acts 2, on that day of Pentecost, the Holy Ghost came, right? And people got born again for the first time and started speaking in tongues. That is the 120. Are you following? So, after the 120 got filled with the Spirit of God, and they all were demonstrating, getting filled and were drunk in the Holy Spirit, and Peter preached that sermon, those people who came for that feast, 3,000 of them got saved. Now, they just got saved. They couldn't just go back. Are you following? Because they needed to, they wanted to understand more of this Jesus they've just believed. They wanted to see more, get more teachings from the apostles. You understand? So they stayed back. So to feed them, 3,000 of them, they didn't have accommodation. They didn't have any means of livelihood because they did not dwell in Jerusalem. Are you following now? So the church, all right, which was basically the 120 and the Jews that were resident in Jerusalem there, all right, amongst them, those folks now sold their property. Are you seeing this? They sold their property, and the revenue that came from the property, they now distributed it to everybody there, so that everybody could be well, well taken care of for the period of time they wanted to stay to Jerusalem before they went back. Do you understand? So it was not something that continued. That's why you don't find any mention of that practice in the epistles. It's not mentioned. Praise the Lord. You don't find it there. You don't find it there. In fact, you even find that in the epistles and in Acts of Post, as we went, went on, that the Gentile church raised money to send to who? The poor saints in what? In Jerusalem. They didn't sell their property. They raised money. They raised an offering to send. Why? Because a famine was coming and they just wanted to help the Jews there. Paul was the one that led that effort. Amen. Amen. So to ensure you are self-sufficient, every believer must have work, something they can, a work they can do with their hands. Working with his hands, the thing which is good. Don't exist without something you can do with your hands. Glory to God. If you are in a precarious situation, what should bother you is a lack of a Sellable skill that you don't have. That's what should bother you. If there is any help you should seek, is to find out how you can get that skill. Praise God. You should find out how you can get that skill. That is what you should chase. Glory to God. See, let him walk, let him labor. God is not opposed to laboring. God is not opposed to work. Everybody say it again. God is not opposed to laboring. God is not opposed to, to work. Yes. Because be self-sufficient in your mindset. Have that mindset. A woman or a lady, 
Have that mindset. Your boyfriend is not your means of sustenance. And I can't even imagine every small thing, babe. You understand, baby? Eh, something. I want to buy a phone. And eh, there's a kini iPhone phone, something. Eh, iPhone, this, everything. But what is your problem? What, what is wrong with you? Did they tell you your brain is lesser than the man's own? Who deceived you? I don't want to buy a car because if I buy a car, you understand? Eh, men will be running away from me. They are, look, buy that car. The men that run away from you, that is a good sifting process. Are you what I'm saying? It's a good situation. Oh, if I have a house of my own, men will run away from me. My, my sister, let them run. Let them run. The person that runs, not your husband. Glory to God. I should have my house. You have one house. No problem. We can live some part in your house. We can live some part in my house. We can do all the day. You understand? It's fine. What kind of poverty mentality is this? Then there are some men, if they are women, begin to prosper, they now begin to feel insecure. What kind of African demonic mindset is that? God is prospering your wife and you have a problem with it. Then she won't listen to me in the house. Why? Is your what tied to what is wrong with you? Amen. My prayers for my wife to be, I mean, she should be big. God should bless her mightily. Someone comes and give her this thing, brand new car. It's our car. Amen. Yeah, just as my car is our car. <laughs> Amen, somebody. Eh? Got no problem with it. Glory to God. Look at him and say, change your mindset. He said, let him that stole steal no more. Do you know why? Listen. A thief is one of the most despicable human beings in the world. There is nothing that demonstrates a lack of faith in God than stealing. Better still, there is nothing that demonstrates a lack of faith in yourself than stealing. To steal means you are saying, I don't have the capacity to end this thing. So I must take it from somebody else. Hallelujah. It's a lack of self-worth. It's, it is a, it's a, there is a mentality problem. You now take the gun. Then you now meet a girl, one girl, on the streets. Give me your purse. You are not even ashamed. Look at the girl you are robbing. There is nothing that demonstrates a lack of faith in God and lack of faith in yourself than stealing. What you are saying is that you are not worth that money. What you are saying is that your value, what you can offer, Cannot command the attention of that amount. That's what you are saying. What you are saying is your God is not big enough to meet that need. Amen. Number one reason you must prosper. To ensure you are what? Self-sufficient. Everybody say to ensure I am self-sufficient. Alright. If this teaching is really blessing you, those of you watching online, make sure you share the live feed and tell a lot of people to join. Number two. Second reason why you should prosper is to ensure that you sponsor the gospel. Philippians chapter 4 and verse 13. To ensure that you sponsor the gospel. Hmm. Now, giving and sponsoring the gospel is not to make the pastor rich. Amen. I've always said this thing. Church money is not the pastor's money. Any pastor that is um, colonizing church money is a thief. 
Praise God. Church money is not pastor's money. And let me also say, pastor's money is not church money. Because people like hearing the first one. They don't like hearing the second one. <laughs> Amen. Ah, it's true now. Church money is our money. Pastor's money is his money. Now, the pastor can be generous, but you should not now be entitled to pastor's money. It's not your money. The pastor went to work to earn it. You to go on your own. Then all of us will now give into church post so that it will now be what? Church money. Uh -huh. Are you seeing that you balance? You know balance like that? The math work now. No. Praise God. So to ensure that you sponsor the gospel, look at Philippians chapter 4 verse 13. Now Paul is speaking of being abased and abounding. He says, I can do all things through Christ which strengthened me. Strengthened me. Alright, now look at verse 14. I want to now see what he says about the Macedonian church. You know this popular... Um, scripture, my God shall supply all my need, all your needs according to his riches in glory in Christ Jesus. It was a prayer. Paul prayed for the Macedonian church in response to what they did. <laughs> Amen. <laughs> Look at it. He said, notwithstanding, ye have well done that he did communicate with my affliction. Affliction there means my needs. Okay? Next verse. Now ye Philippians know also that in the beginning of the gospel, when I departed from Macedonia, pay attention, no church communicated with me as concerning what? Giving and what? Receiving, but what? Ye only. Notice, giving and receiving. Giving and what? Receiving. Giving and what? Receiving. Many people only see the giving side. But let me tell you something. For every giving, there's a receiving. In this equation, who was giving? Who was giving? The Macedonian church, Abi. Now, we are going to see the receiving in a moment, Abi. He <laughs> says, all right, no church communicated with me as concerning giving and receiving, but ye only. 16. And now says, for even in Thessalonica, ye sent once and again. Unto my necessity, my needs. Now he says, not because I desire a gift, but I desire fruits that may abound to your what account. Which means, when a believer gives, who is he? Who, uh, who, <laughs> all right, when the believer gives, who is being benefited primarily when the believer gives? The believer. Look at it. He said, not because I desire a gift, but I desire fruit that may abound to your account. So that means there is no useless giving. Every giving has a fruit that will come to you. We'll see, look at it in Galatians chapter 6. All right? That abound to your account. Look at the next verse. Okay? 18. But I have all and abound. I am full, having received of Epaphroditus the things which were sent from you, an odor of a sweet smell, a sacrifice acceptable, well-pleasing to who? So, well-pleasing to who? So that means when you give to the gospel, who are you giving to? You are actually giving to who? To God. Someone says, no, when you give in church, you are giving to the man. It's not true. Look at what he says here. You're giving to God. To give to the cause of the gospel is to give to God. To give to a saint 
that has need is to give to who? To God. God is recording it. In Acts chapter 10, Cornelius was not a believer. And the Bible says he began to pray and to fast. An angel appeared to him and said, Thy what? Thy prayer and thy what? Thine arms has risen up for a memorial unto who? God. God. Not man. God. Hallelujah. So giving, worship, they are called spiritual sacrifices. It's spiritual. They're spiritual sacrifices. And one thing you find out is that spiritual sacrifices always commands a response from the spiritual realm. Always. Hmm. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. You know, out, you know, amen. You know, I, 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 you know, the believer should not give so that he will get. The believer should give. The motive of the believer for giving and intention of the believer giving is what? Is love. That's what it should be. That means I love God, I give. Praise God. I love the brethren, I give. Alright? It should not now be like you are doing one vending machine or casino. If I give 10,000, I'll get on. No. That's a wrong motive for giving. Because we have to be like our Heavenly Father who gives out of what? Generosity. So we must give the same way. That does not now mean that God does not respond to our giving. He does. Oh, he does. Don't be stupid. He does. Hallelujah. Look at Solomon. Solomon gets somewhere. He just became king. What did he do? The Bible says the guy offered a thousand bond offering. God showed up in his dream. I said, you ought not be like this. There is no record that God showed up like that in David's dream. He showed, he said, what do you want? I, wait, are you, are you following what I'm saying here? He offered a thousand sacrifices. God shows up in his dream and was asking him, what do you want? What should I do for you? Because nobody can, you, you want something. What do you want? Talk to me. <laughs> Talk to me. I'm God. Talk. What do you want? Amen. I'll also show you an example. How many of you remember the, um, the Shunemite woman? That rich woman in Shunem. That um, whenever Elisha was passing through, she would create a room for Elisha. How many of you remember that? So she would create a room. Ah, man of God. Oh, come and stay. Then while the man of God is there, they will take care of him, herself and her husband. They'll take care of him. They will meet his needs. They'll feed him and his entourage. Then after he's done, he will now leave. Then he was doing that. Then the Bible says that Elisha called, ah, woman, come here. He said, look, what can I do for you? Do you know why? Why is Elisha happening? Because for every giving, there is a what? There is a receiving. It's a law on the earth. If you give a seed, you will receive a harvest. It is a principle. So that's why I'm collecting from this woman. It doesn't make sense that I shouldn't give to her. So Elisha asked her, what can I do for you? Should I speak to you? Should I speak to the king about you? Say, what do you want? The woman said, no, I dwell in the midst of my people. I did this out of generosity and honor for your office. I don't want anything. And she walked away. But Gehazi knew what the issue was. Gehazi said, he said, ah, my lord, don't mind her. She does not have a child. And her husband is old. 
He now said, call her back. So that means what she needs is not something politics or this thing. What she needs is something I can give her from my office, which she has honored. Hallelujah. So she came back. They called her back. And he said, according to the time of life, you will carry a child. Her response was not, I believe it. No. Her response was, don't lie to me, man of God. <laughs> don't lie to me. Where there is a giving, there is, must be a what? A receiving. Look at what he says. So, but I have all and abound. I am full, having received of Epaphroditus, the things which were sent from you, an odor of a sweet smell, a sacrifice acceptable, well pleasing to God. Look at 19. Everybody, look at it. He says, but what? Talk to me now. But what? But my God. Did he say, but our God? No. He said, my God shall supply all your needs. Not all our needs. All your needs. So what they gave to him was material. What is given to them is what? Spiritual. So his proclamation from his office, that word of faith, he says, my God shall supply all your needs. This needs here is not talking about spiritual needs. How many of you know that it's not talking about spiritual needs? Because he says in Ephesians chapter 1 verse 3, who has blessed us with all spiritual blessings in what? Heavenly places. So we have all spiritual blessings. Amen. My God shall supply all your needs. So that means they are giving. This prayer was in response to their giving. Is that not what is there? Come on. Is that not what is there? It's what's there. Glory to God. I said glory to God. The prayer was in response to their giving. Praise God. So I always tell folks many times. All right. That. When you see giving is an expression of honor. Honor to God. Also, when you're giving to your preacher, your spiritual father, and you're honoring him. In the Bible, honor is not hailing. I honor you, man of God. No. Honor is in, all right, in giving. Now, the, 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 the part of the person that is being given to is that that person must now give something back. Glory to God. So that's why there is the place of the proclamation. For example, when I give to my pastor, which I do regularly, I always make sure, I don't just, many times, I don't just do a transfer. You understand? Sometimes I do, but most times, I go personally. I know what I'm doing. I go personally and I sow a seed, and as the pastor pray for me. Do you understand? The money is not sent. It's, it's the word that will come out. And I'm telling you, since I started doing that, upwards only. And I understood it from the book. I understood it. When I saw it in the book, I was like, ah, this is it. For example, Isaac wanted to bless Esau or Jacob. Jacob said, go and bring something I love. The guy went to the, you know, with his mom, got it as a mark of honor because the father said he wanted it, took it to him, and he released words. That's it. Giving and what? Receiving. It's a principle of scripture. Now, you may, you may not accept it and say, no, 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 pastor. I'm Christocentric. Those things, uh, don't worry. Stay with what you know. Hallelujah. I was once like you. And I understand how things were. <laughs> 
Ah, yeah, you can suffer in Christ too. <laughs> I'm telling you. Ah, yeah, 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 yeah. Ah, yeah. Quimbele. You know what? Yeah, Quimbele. You will. It's not persecution, no. No, it's a suffering from ignorance. Ha! There's natural, then there's supernatural. I've done the two. I know the difference. I know the difference. Ah, some of you know me now. Ah, some of you know me now. You've been know. Is it yours? You know. You saw the change now. I'm telling you what I did. That thing. Praise the Lord. Even in ministry. Amen. Look at what by God's God, what are we able to do now in ministry? We were able to do this before. I was I, I, Facebook. You know Facebook. I, I like up, uploading pictures on Facebook for a reason. The reason why is because Facebook helps you keep records. So you know how you were. You understand what I'm saying? You, are you following? Two years. They, they, they put up two years ago. I, was just, I, I saw the picture. I was like, this was, was it five years ago? Two years. It's two years ago. Two years. Two. I saw it. Wow. Then I saw three years. Where is that place we are? At um, Hotel Bellamy. See, today I don't understand how we were meeting in that place. I still don't understand it. I, I, it's like, wow, we were, that's what we were using for church? That place? I remember the time when we did crossover. I remember when we did crossover. And they were, as we were doing the crossover, some dudes erected some loudspeakers and they were playing Pasuma. So as I was preaching here, they were playing Pasuma. Then at some point, they got out their uh, microphone. Then as I held my microphone... The, my, our microphone began to peak because of the because it was a cheap mic. You understand? All those cheap mics. When you this one puts on, you you could be speaking here, and this one will be catching what you're saying. <laughs> it just speaks everything. <laughs> Praise God. So you need to understand how this thing works. There's a natural way, there's a supernatural way. All right. So to ensure that you sponsor the gospel, Philippians four thirteen to nineteen, Deuteronomy eight eighteen. Number three, to ensure that you help the poor and the less privileged. Why you should prosper? To help the poor and the less privileged. Praise God. As I praise God. It is okay for a believer to come to a local church poor. But it is not okay for that believer to remain poor. That believer needs to ask for help. And what help should he ask for? Help to learn what to do with his hands. Are you following what I'm saying here? And I have, we have examples like that, for example, in this church. We have folks, all right, who didn't have jobs for a while. And what did we do? Very simple. I mean, I can give example. I can give example of our head of photography. I remember when our head of photography finished from school. I think he finished from NYC or something. He came back and was like, Pastor, um, I want to learn. I want to learn how to do, you know, photography and stuff. Right? I mean, I think Fusaya read something called human kinetics. You know, something like that. So basically, he was supposed to, is, you know, PHE. How many of you know PHE? Physical education. That's what human kinetics, they just rebranded it. So he would have just been a PHE teacher in secondary school saying, up, down, up, down. <laughs> you know, that would have done. But he didn't like it. There are some people that like that stuff. All right? And it's cool, athletics and stuff. But he doesn't like it. He wanted to do, you know. So what did he do? We sent him for training. Paid for the training. He was already a committed person in church. Praise God. And there's that too, because there's some folks that just show up and just 
They are not committed. They just want to sit down and be fed. Mm -mm. That's not church. Our church is. Church raises responsible people. Never have that mentality of taking without giving. Don't be a taker. Children of God are not takers. They give. So it is giving and what? Receiving. Hallelujah. I said hallelujah. I said hallelujah. Amen. Amen. So to ensure you can help the poor and less privileged, Leviticus 19.10. Because of our time, you can read that at, at home, Leviticus 23.22. Number four. What reason why you should prosper? To avoid the distraction that lacks, lack brings to your life. How many of you know that lack can be distracting? Very distracting. You want to have, you know, you want to go for evangelism, but there's your food is there's no food in your stomach. Hunger will distract you from purpose. The hungry man finds it difficult to chase purpose. Praise God. To avoid the distraction that lacks brings to your life. Amen. Look at what God, Jesus did with Peter. Peter was trying to catch fish. He couldn't catch anything. Before Jesus said, follow me, I'll make you a fisher of man. What did he do? He first solved for that issue that Peter had, which was that Peter was trying to catch fish and he couldn't catch any. And they caught a multiple of fishes. So Peter could now see, ah, ah, this guy knows something I do not know. So when Jesus said, what? Follow me and I will make you a fisher of man. Peter did not ask, how will I feed? How will you take care of me? This is my, you know, they didn't ask stupid questions like that. Why didn't they ask stupid questions like that? Well, this dude just, you know, basically gave us a comment. That's a stupid question. You can obviously see that he knows what he's doing. Amen. Amen. A tax collector, Matthew, followed Jesus. Matthew was a rich man. And he didn't ask, what are we going to do? No. Because they saw the miracles that this guy is not, you understand? If we need something, we will have it. So far, this dude is around. We are cool. To avoid the distraction that lack brings to your life. Amen. Now, number five. Why should you prosper? It seems our live stream, we've lost our live stream. Can you fix that quickly? Thank you. Number five. Abundance gives you freedom that poverty takes from you. Proverbs chapter 10 verse 15. Proverbs chapter 10 and verse 15. What does it say? The rich man's wealth is his strong city. The destruction of the poor is their poverty. Poverty is a prison. Did you hear what I said? Poverty is a prison. And one thing that is very necessary as an individual, listen to me and pay attention to what I'm telling you. There is no reason and no reason why a believer should exist and not be able to stand alone, self-sufficient. There's no reason. No reason. No reason. Look, when I see some of these folks on the street, have you seen those people on the street that hawk? They are more honorable than the guy who's sitting at home waiting for one... There's more honor in it. In the hawker. Hawking. 
I read a story recently of how much somebody who was hawking, who is hawking goods, actually makes. Actually makes. He made so much money, he now said, I need more people. Because what was now going on was that many of the companies, all right, whenever their goods were, that need, were about to expire, two months or so to expire, because they saw that this guy sold a lot of units of stuff. All those Lacassera guys, the Gala guys, they just called him, we have this particular unit of this thing, all right, if it stays too long in our place, it will expire. So you know what they do? They just give it to him, Eposel. So he has a network of orcas. He will just give those things to So they will give it to him at a very cheap rate. So he will move it. Question is, what can you do? What is your skill? You don't have a skill. You don't have a skill you can change for me. That is what you need to concentrate on. I need to learn something. Praise God. I need to learn something. Can I learn how to shoot, you know, shoot, uh, 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 learn photography? Or do I learn how to be a mechanic? Do I learn how to be a DOP? Do I learn how to bake cakes? Do I learn graphics design? Do I learn how to trade cryptocurrency? Do I, you understand? There are many things. And the funny thing is that in this internet age, there are a lot of skills you can learn for free. The only school fees is data. Finish. Data. You can learn it and teach it. So that means you can end from what? Teaching. Oh, I was talking to one of my daughters. All right. She's in the United States. So she was telling me of something that she wanted to do. Something that she wanted to do and all. And, and, all. and I told her, you know, I said, you don't, she was thinking of that. I said, you don't need to stress yourself. I can tell you an easy way to do it. And you just involve your phone. Because she's a medical doctor. So I said, this is what she needs to do. Just begin to talk about peculiar things that has to do with, you know, medicine and your area of expertise. Just be doing live videos on it. Because our own, what she can trade, apart from her skills as a surgeon, is knowledge. Knowledge is a tradable asset. Praise God. If you are knowledgeable about anything, you should not be poor. You must be able to raise money, make money from what you are knowledgeable about. One time, you know, I work in a, in a bank where I'm a medical doctor and I've, you know, run hospitals and all of that. So I have knowledge in that space. So anytime I'm engaging clients, I remember one time I engaged a client to the point that he was begging me. He said, look, can, should I give you money? Because it's like, it was like, I, like you, you know when somebody's begging? At, I said, no, 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 it's not, it's free. Because I work here, you know, it's different if I, was, I came to you in my own capacity. He says, because you were like, this thing should not be free. You, you are teaching, you understand? Knowledge is a tradable asset. The believer is not that backward person sitting in church waiting for God to. No! So let him work with his hands. Let him work with his hands. Hallelujah. And let me tell you something. Everybody listen to me. If somebody is a chronic beggar, is in church. Always, eh, brother, can I see like 5K? Oh, brother, can I see like 1K? Well, uh, you are not helping that person by giving them more. Have you noticed that many of the folks who beg on the streets, if you give them a job that will make them to stop begging, they will take it. They will not take it all. Do you know why? Because for them, begging is a job. Oh, my God. There was a time... Someone said that he was shocked to find out that there was one allergic guy who had some ish de deformity with his leg or something like that, 
who used to beg. Then one day, he found out that that beggar actually owned a house and was a landlord. And beggars in Nigeria wrote, to these beggars on the street, they have an association. They, they, you know they have an association. They have an association. One day, no, listen. When you, you think, you think, oh, let me tell you something. See, let me tell you something. Listen. The begging industry, this is how it works. All right? The begging industry, see, this is how it works. What they are marketing to you is compassion. <laughs> see me, I'm suffering. What you, what you are missing out is that that person has been there since 6 a.m. till like 7 in the night. Collecting 100 naira, 15 naira, 100 naira, 15 naira. Rather than selling gala, he's collecting 100 naira, 15 naira, 100 naira, 15 naira. That person that has sold 100 units of gala, if this person collects from 100 people, how much is it? Now, that person makes like 10,000, 5,000, 8,000 from begging a day. Multiply by 30 days. That's a job. It's a job. Someone comes to church. Oh, and we've not eaten since morning. Can you help me? Yeah, yeah, yeah. You give him this. He become again. As you are giving him, you are killing his initiative to work. Tell that person that okay, wait, you see, in church here, all right, there's media department. Go and join them so they can learn photography, learn this, you know, go to the technical department and learn. Who knows when they are setting up a new branch, they can send you to be a technical person, they'll pay you a small stipend and stuff like that. Tell that person that you will see that you will not take the opportunity. Because what he wants is free money. Praise God. When you are doing that one, you are not happy, no. If you have any family member, any small thing, you see this country, Buhari, mm, don't blame Buhari, oh. We should be walking, then be blaming Buhari. Not that we are doing nothing and blame Buhari, mm, no. Praise God, you see, when you see someone you should help, you will, you will know. There will be something the person is, oh, is carrying something. Oh, yeah, let us help him carry it. Not that, Kogben Koko, you know, so you carry it for me. No. You need to help the person. Are you letting you hear what I'm saying? What skill are you applying yourself to? Oh, I want to do this course. Can you help me? That's what we are talking about. I want to learn this trade. Can you help me? I don't have a tradable skill. Can you help me? I want to buy jam form. Can you help me? That's what we are talking about. Glory to God. Know that I'm hungry. And you give us money. That of that money, they will use it to buy data. And be using it to call. <laughs> Amen. So abundance gives you freedom that prophecy takes from you. Proverbs 10, 15. Number six, it is God's way for you to prosper and be in health. Now I want to now give you disciplines of the prospering believer. Is this helping anybody? I said, is this helping anybody? It's all of all those social media you are spending six hours just going through timeline. Go to YouTube. Just type, do you know that you can be a data analyst? Google is even offering you some certificate for data analysis. You can actually do professional courses online on data analysis and apply. Many organizations now are prioritizing your ability to do something rather than degrees. There are many people that have degrees, they don't know anything. 
have a BSc in economics, first class. Can you use Excel? No. Can you use Power BI? What's that? <laughs> so what can you do? Have BSc. Your academic institution, University of Lagos, not dub with dub, not dub the university to dub. Um, Expo came out. You are reading somewhere. You now hear that one printer, they are printing the, the, the answer. That's what you want to use to. It doesn't help the corporate environment. It doesn't convert. Show you. Show you. It doesn't convert. What do you know? God is not against it. Abraham was a farmer. He was a sheep herder. Isaac, he did sheep herding and he was a farmer. Amen. Solomon was into what? Shipping. He was a poet. He was a writer. All right. He also was a songwriter. Record producer. David, record producer. He executively produced several psalms. Hallelujah. Yeah. They traded. They said, speak it into the atmosphere. They spoke it, then they walked. Glory to God. Glory to God. No one of the reasons why I, you know, people say, Pastor, you are working a corporate job and you are still pastoring and the church is growing. All right, when will you go and do full time? I always say, I'm in full time. You see, that is your definition, that is your problem. I'm in full time. And one of the reasons why I work a corporate job is to be an example to you. To be an example to the pastor. Because no pastor in this church now, if his head is correct, will not be thinking, eh, you understand. The senior pastor is working, so you understand. And his job says, pass my own. So what am I going to complain about? Yes. As an example. I don't come to the church for house rent. I pay my rent. The church doesn't pay my children's school fees. I pay it. That's a children, my child. It's like an example. Are you following what I'm saying? Huh. Now, disciplines of the prospering believer, number one. Number one, giving. Discipline. Discipline. Number one is giving. The believer gives to the things of God. If you are here listening to me and you are a stingy person in the house of God, you are wrong. You are wrong. You are wrong. You are very, very wrong. Glory to God. You are very wrong. You are stingy. You come into the church, you sit down, the AC is blowing you. You are being imparted, you are being mightily blessed in that church. Amen. Your friends are there and every single thing. And we are giving so that all those things continue. And you choose not to be part of it. That is wickedness. It is, it is wickedness. You are wicked. Why would you allow other people carry the burden for you? Why? Why would you allow that people carry the burden for you? Everybody is giving. Why are you not giving? Why will you refrain your borders of kindness when that church has been kind to you? You are being blessed there. 
You have kids, you bring them, they take them to the children's church. Your birthday, they celebrate it. You have a need, we step in. During the COVID, this thing, it was out of church post. We gave allowance to church members for three to four months. We're paying members that were indigent. Where did it come from? It was from people who gave. That's where it came from. It didn't come from the sky. And there are members of church. There are some members like that, all right, when things are tough for them, the church helps them. Then when things get better, become prosperous, they now begin to look for that, no, their level. They need a church that matches their level. You know, we all stand before the judgment seat of Christ, where we receive reward that is done in our body, <laughs> whether it is good or what, or bad. So giving, very important. All right? Giving. All right? The believer gives to the things of the gospel, things of God. Galatians 6, verse 6 to 7. Your paycheck will tell us whether or not you are a disciple of that church. Your paycheck. Your statement will tell us. It's not by mouth. You see, where a man's treasure is, that's where his heart will be also. And I have found that as a pastor, I have found that as a pastor, all right, that the Lord watches these things. He watches those things, though. Ah, uh, no. The Lord watches. Let me give you an example. I remember that time when Jesus Christ was in the temple and they were giving offering. You know these widow's mites that people always talk about? All right. So they were giving offering. Do you know what happened? Jesus goes and stands there. The Bible says Jesus was watching them as they were giving offering. I know some folks that are Christocentric and grace work. I'm a Christocentric, all right, and every pastor should be, all right. But they seem to have this opinion that God doesn't care about your giving. It's a lie. It does. There are times where God chides my heart when I give too small. Why did you give that? Is that what is that? Is for who did you give it for? For me. Give more. Yes, sir. <laughs> and I give more. Praise God. Why? He's watching it. Because when I give, in my giving to him, it's an expression of my honor. Hallelujah. For his person and for his work. So I must not dishonor him in my giving. I must acknowledge him in my giving. Glory to God. I said glory to God. I must acknowledge him in my giving. So he gives the things of the gospel. Now, what are the benefits of giving to the gospel? I'll give you five. Number one, it transfers eternal benefits to our perishable goods. Your money doesn't exist forever. But when you give to the things of the gospel, all right, and ensures the gospel is preached, people get saved. So though your money does not live forever, guess who lives forever? People live forever. Are you seeing that? When you... All right, give for the purpose of ensuring people hear the gospel, get imparted with the spirit, get filled with the Holy Ghost, get healed. All right, have an encounter with God. It gives eternal purpose to our money. Then number three is that it directs our gifts for provision from our jobs, businesses. All right, from our jobs, businesses to the Lord. Number four is that it brings us into active partnership with ministering spirits sent to assist in the work of salvation. All right. So we've saw the example of 2 Kings chapter 4, verse 8 to 17. Then Acts 10, 1 to 4. 
Number five, we reflect the giving nature of our Heavenly Father when we give generously. John 3.16. So I'm going to stop here. Then we'll continue next week. Praise God. All right, because I actually have A, B, C. Then we'll go into more next week. Praise God. Praise God. Can we just lift our hands and just begin to bless the name of the Lord? Father, we thank you. We glorify your holy name. Oh, thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Oh, Father, we thank you. Oh, Father, we thank you. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Thank you, Lord Jesus. We give you all of the praise. We give you all of the glory. In Jesus' name, we are afraid. And everybody said, Amen. So, um, just make sure you learn from this teaching and try as much as possible to apply it. Amen? As much as possible to apply it. Because as you apply teachings like this, you will now begin to find that you will see results that you can point to. Okay? Results that you can point to, especially in the area of your finances. Okay? So, there's a faith for finances where you talk to God about your needs. Father, in the name of the Lord Jesus... I believe I received this amount. I believe I received this door opening for me. I believe I received this supernatural breakthrough in this space. And when you have done that, also, all right, ensure that where it has to do with your work, your skill, all right, you have that also. Okay. You cannot be a believer that continues at a particular level of training. Always aspire and work towards getting better, getting better training. All right, increasing your skills in what you can do. It's important. Praise the Lord. It's important. Praise God. All right, let's rise up on our feet. We're going to share our formations. You have just listened to a message by Reverend Dr. Femi Olalea of Oikea Christian Center. For other messages, visit our website at www.oikeacc.org. Remain blessed.